him in the book of John, John chapter number 20 and verse number 24. When you find us, say, I got it. Amen. The Bible said, but Thomas, one of the 12 called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, there is a There is a tremendous amount of apostolic authority that is in this house tonight. It is totally different from Sunday. I'm believing God to speak directly to this church and for powerful things to happen in the Holy Ghost here tonight. Let me just say it again. I believe that God wants to do powerful, supernatural things in this building here tonight. He said, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus. I like this phrase here. The doors being shut. How many of you have prayed for God to open a door before? That's, that's fine. How many of you pray, God, I need you to open this door? You, you know, there are some doors that the dumbest thing you could ever do is make that door get opened. To force a door open that's not right for that door to be open, that's one of the dumbest mistakes you could ever make. I'm talking spiritually now. To force the door open, God move this door. Sometimes God, God can come right in the middle of where you are even when the door is shut. And the Bible says that, and the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, I love this. This further proves that Jesus was the almighty God. Because then he speaks to Thomas and he was, he was not even with Thomas when Thomas said, except I see the print and I feel the nails, I, the nail scarred hands, I will not believe. But Jesus walks in a closed room with the door shut and walks right in the middle of them and starts speaking to Thomas. He knew exactly where he was. He knew exactly what he had been saying. Because he's God, he knows all things. There are no secrets with God. You cannot get by with anything with God. He sees it all. You guys ain't helping me preach right now. He knows it all. He's got it all figured out. And he says, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless but believing and Thomas answered and said unto him my Lord and my God my Lord and my God and Jesus and Thomas answered and said that and Jesus said Thomas because thou hast seen me thou hast believed blessed are they that have not seen and yet have Believed. I want to preach to you from this subject. What the sanctuary scars 
must speak. What the sanctuary scars must speak. I feel like the Lord gave me a word directly for this church in prayer just a little bit ago. And I'm going to do my best to minister to this congregation. Amen. Would you throw your hands in the air and would you ask the Holy Ghost to speak directly to you in this house on this Monday night? Would you do that? I need somebody to help me pray right now and begin to ask the Lord to speak directly to us. Then ask the Lord to speak directly to us here tonight. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God, give me an open door of utterance to speak the word of God. I pray that there be an anointing on my mind and my lips to declare to this congregation what I feel the Spirit is saying to this church. I give you my hands and my body. I give you, God, everything in me right now. I surrender completely to you and to your control. Let the will of God be done, I pray. I ask that you would do it. Speak to us through your word, I pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I give you thanks. And just because we can, because God's good, would you give him a standing ovation of praise one more time and lift him up. Come on, he's in this house right now. Let's just do it again together. Just for a few seconds longer, let's lift him up all over the house. Hallelujah. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Scars, everybody say scars. Scars are a natural part of the body's healing process. A scar results from a biological process of wound repair in the skin and other tissue. Most wounds, except for minor ones, result in some degree of scarring. Scars can result from accidents. Anybody ever had one of those before? Diseases, skin conditions, even acne is one. Surgeries, if you ever had a surgery, I, I've had just a very, very a little bit of surgery, but recently I've had a surgery. But scars are a part of that process. I, I am fully persuaded that God can do anything. There is nothing too hard for God. He is able, the Bible says, He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Our God is an amazing God. He, we, he, even in us, He has fearfully and wonderfully made us. He is a God of creation. He is a God that can heal he is a God that can make a way where there seems to be no way. There is, is there really anything too hard for our God? He is truly 
a God that can do whatever he wants to do that we know except lie and except fail. Amen. Our God is a God that can turn things around. He, he, can, he can make make water into wine. He, he can open the blinded eyes. He can unstop the deaf ears. He, he can heal relationships and, and marriages and, and homes. He, he can take brokenness and, and piece it all back together. He, he can take difficult, intricate situations and with his amazing ability and power and put things back together again. He's an amazing God. He can do things beyond our comprehension. It is that same God that colors the bird. It is that same God that, that has caused us to have a, a sun by day and, and to have a moon by night. Our God is a God of creation. He just simply speaks it and it happens. He don't need a whole lot of time. How long did it take him to create light? It just took him as long as it took for him to open his mouth and say, let there be light. Come on, you're in a house here tonight where God doesn't need a lot of time. He just needs a little bit of your time to turn something around and make a really big miracle out of your life. Our God is a big God. Our God is a good God. And I wish somebody shout his name. Woo, hallelujah. Amen. But would you agree with me here tonight that although our God can do anything, there are some things he chooses not to do. There are some folks that did not get healed. There are some folks that have suffered tragedy and circumstances and mistakes have plagued them and marked them until the day they passed away. Would you agree with me that God could have made your flesh in such a way that there would have never been a scar that would have been a remnant or a remain of you ever been hurt or cut? God could have made your body. Think with me here tonight on this Monday night. Think with me that God could have made your body when you wrecked as a teenager in a car wreck. He could have made that scar to never ever appear on your face. He could have caused the skin of your body to naturally heal itself and leave no scar tissue at all. He's God. He can do that if he wants to. But would you agree with me that God did not choose to do that, but instead, when there your body is cut or a wound or an opening of your flesh, your body's biological process is to cause a repair to take place, there it will leave a scar as a sign that something was cut there, something was wounded there, something happened there, X the spot of something that took place. God has fixed your tongue in such an amazing way that your tongue can repair itself. It's made of a mucous membrane. It ever dawned on you, you ever bit your tongue before? 
Do you have a scar on your tongue? Probably not. Unless you've had a major surgery, unless you had a major something happen, if you bit your tongue, man, it hurts, doesn't it? If you bit your tongue before, you probably do not have a scar on your tongue. Why? Because God made your tongue that it can heal itself faster than any other part of your body and it leaves no scar hardly at all. Isn't it amazing with the thing that can heal itself is the very thing you can hurt somebody with. Well, I'm just going to preach here tonight. I'm really comfortable here tonight. The thing that can heal itself faster than anything in the world is the thing that you can use to hurt somebody and permanently damage them with your tongue. Your tongue is like a hammer. You can build people up or you can tear them down. Come on, when you tear down your brother, you're tearing down the body of Christ. You don't use your tongue in a negative way. That thing that can easily be healed and repair itself is that very thing that can hurt your brother or your sister. I want to tell somebody in this house, get your mouth off of your brother or your sister. Get your... Come on, it's just us here tonight. God didn't give me a tongue to tear you down. He didn't give me a tongue to ridicule you or to make fun of you. No, no. He gave me a tongue that I would build you up, that I would bless you, that I would praise the name of Jesus. James 3. In chapter 3, the Bible says, The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on the cause of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, and of birds, and serpents, and things in the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue, can no man tame. It is unruly, evil, full of deadly poison. I want to preach to you today that you can either build up each other or you can tear down each other. But why would you tear down somebody when you can build somebody up? Why would you ridicule and talk bad about a brother when you can say good things? I feel like preaching in this house here tonight. I want to tell you we're in this together there are no big eyes and little U's there are come on there's somebody may have been elevated to a position of authority but that doesn't make them bigger it doesn't make them better than you he said the greatest would be the servant of all come on somebody God wants to use you to edify the body of Christ Because all scars are not physical. Some scars are emotional. A scar is formed when a wound is healed. No matter what type of scar one may have, emotional, physical, spiritually, financially, it doesn't matter what type that it is. You can't call it a scar until the wound has been healed. 
You can't look at something and say this has been healed until there's a scar. A scar is formed when a wound is healed. You can't legitimately call it a scar if the wound has not been healed yet. If you're still picking the sore, if you're still picking the site of where the intrusion took place or the wound took place, the wound is afflicted. But when the wound begins to heal, it is a scar that takes place. I've come tonight to this sacred desk to tell this church I don't know your history but what needs to speak louder than anything else it's not your wounds it's not what's happened it's what you've been healed from that needs to speak the loudest it's what God is doing that needs to speak the loudest we need to quit talking about what we've been through and what we've had to endure. It's time the Holy Ghost is saying the sanctuary, the scars need to speak. They need to say the first thing. Oh, let me just preach to somebody in this house. The first thing that your scar needs to speak. You know what it needs to say? It needs to emphatically declare we have been healed. I feel an apostolic authority and anointing in this house. I've come to declare to this congregation, we gotta quit talking about the good old days. We gotta quit talking about how it always was. And we gotta start saying, look at my scar. I have been healed. I wish I had some praisers that's been healed. I wish I had some worshipers that's been healed. I wish I had somebody that you've been through some things. You've been hurt and scarred. But hey, Thomas, I want you to feel the heal. Thomas. Can you picture with Jesus with me as they put him on the cross and the nail was put into his hand and he's maybe perhaps is thinking, hey Thomas, I'm coming for you one day. I'm gonna step into a closed room where the door's shut. And Thomas, when they pull this spike out of my hand, I'm going to choose to leave a scar because I've got a message for a doubting Thomas. You know what Quad Cities needs. The Thomas needs to see your scar, not your wound. The Thomas needs to hear your scar say, hey, I know they've been through the fire, but the fire did not burn them out. They've been through the flood, but the flood did not drown them. Those people, they're resilient. They face the struggles. They face the storms. They face the circumstances. But all I see now is hands that have been healed. I just see hands that have been healed. And the 
am the very God that could have come to Je- that could have come to Thomas, uh, the Christ of God, uh, God Almighty, manifested in the flesh uh, as the resurrected Christ. Uh, he could have walked in that room uh, and said, "Thomas, uh, I'm sorry you don't believe. Uh, I didn't keep the scars. Uh, I didn't produce the scars. Uh, he that resurrected body could have been resurrected uh, with no scars, uh, but there was a message that a doubting man needed to know and it was this Thomas you may have not been there when you may have not been there when I rose again but Thomas I want you to know just as sure as I died I rose again on that third day Thomas put your finger and feel the heel feel the nail scarred print Feel that, Thomas. It's got a message. I've been healed. I've been healed. I've been healed. I have been healed. I have been healed. I have been healed. Quit saying, I have been hurt. I have been hurt. I have been hurt. You need to start saying, I have been healed. I have been healed. I have been healed by the power of God. Feel, feel, put your finger in there and feel, Thomas, feel the heel. Why? I saved it just for you because when you were in a moment, come on, there's a Thomas in every one of us. There's a Thomas in every one of us. Not so much the doubt. He wanted proof. He wanted assurance. He wanted to know for himself. Jesus did do this and Jesus did rise again. Listen to me. Jesus never showed off his wounds. He only showed off his scars. I don't care. And I'm not being facetious. I'm not that mean of a guy. That's just what come out of my mouth. Because you got to get to a place where you are more focused and care more about the healing that's taking place that you are the wounds and the hurt that's taking place. You've got to get to a point in your walk with God that you realize, hey, I've been through some stuff, but through it all, I have been healed. You're here. You know what? You're still here, aren't you? You're still here. You've been healed. You don't understand. You don't get it. You don't. You never been there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there. We can sit around. There comes a point where we got to stop licking our wounds and we got to start praising God for the healing process that's coming. Come on. There comes a. You keep picking that wound. You keep picking that scab. You keep picking that scab. You, I hope I'm making sense here tonight. You keep picking that scab. You can't get it to heal because you won't leave it alone. If you'll. If you'll leave it alone, then your body, the body of Christ naturally will produce scar tissue and it'll be a sign that you've been healed by the power of God. Thomas, I I saved it just for you. 
Thomas, feel that. Feel the print. Right there, Thomas. That's the spot that I left just for you. Because I want you to know, Thomas, it hurt. It was difficult. It was deep. It was bloody. It was bruised. It was swollen. But after the initial infliction and after the initial piercing when it was taken out my body naturally began to heal itself and it naturally started producing scar tissue and it naturally started adding more scar tissue and yeah it's not smooth like all the rest of the part of my hand but there is a distinction and there is a line of boundary from where I was not hurt to where I was hurt but right there where I was hurt it is a sure sign that I have been healed by the, I preach it to someone right now, quit elevating the past and the hurt and the wound it's time we start saying he's a healer he's a healer he's a healer I wish I had about 20 of you that would let me hear what the sanctuary scar is saying it's saying I have been healed I just I just don't want I don't want no one to see I just don't I just don't want no one no one and that's why the Holy Ghost in prayer told me my people need to stop hiding their scars they need to stop hiding their scars because your scar is a sign man those people went through something but look what God did for them they, they my Lord have mercy if they could if they could survive that if they could endure that if they could go through that if they could come out with the high hand if they still got a praise in their mouth, if they still got a worship in their hand, if they still got some glory to give God, then there's hope for me. If you can endure it, there's hope for me. I have, I have an aunt that is an apostolic godly lady. You can be seated. And she, she's an incredible woman of God. She's raised in a pastor's home. Her mom and dad were pioneer Pentecostal pastors and really my only connection to anybody in ministry is from my, my uncle's marriage to my aunt. And my aunt, unfortunately, she has lost a grandson at a young age. He died super early. She lost her only son to an overdose, which I'll reference the story in a minute. She lost her only daughter recently. She lost her husband, which is my uncle, and her mom and dad. She has literally lost everybody. You know one thing she's still doing? I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I exalt you, Jesus. Come on. There's probably nobody in this room that has faced as much trauma and pain and hurt and wounding than my Aunt Mel. 
I remember when I got the call when she first lost her, her son, Jaron, my cousin, at the age of 24, 25 years old, handsome young man, had a call of God in his life, used to be in church. The night that he went to the hotel to get drunk with his, or to get high with his buddies, my aunt pleaded on the phone with him, Bubba, please don't go tonight. He said, no, mama, I'll be okay. That was the night that he overdosed. In the room where he passed away was also another young man that his name was Ricky. Ricky was engaged to my other cousin which was Jaron's sister Lacey and Ricky was there with Jaron when he passed and because of the fear of the cops and, and the fear of getting in trouble they left my cousin to pass away. Well, you can only imagine the resentment that would come for some in the family because Ricky was there and Ricky didn't do anything about it. My uncle, my uncle was, he could be hot-headed at times, and my uncle was there in the funeral, and Ricky come in to pay respects because he, he loved Jaron. And when he did, some of the family rushed him, rushed him out of there and, and kind of pushed him out of the, of the church, and it's just a, a sad, tragic story. My uncle even said, I heard him say that he wanted to kill Ricky. He was that mad. He was very upset. So we had that funeral. It was sad. It was tragic. About a year later, I was visiting my Uncle Brian, and I'm sitting in his living room. And while I'm sitting in his living room, somebody come to the door and knock. And now my cousin Lacey, who was in jail at the time, was now out. She was married to Ricky, and they had a beautiful baby girl. And they're at the door knocking at the door. I watched my uncle get up. I watched him go to the door. I watched him go and hug a man that he wanted to kill just a year ago. And I'm sitting there and I'm scratching my head saying, what in the world has happened? They had a great time. We visited Ricky and Lacey and the girl left. And so I look at my uncle and I said, Uncle Brian, I said, help me understand something. You wanted to kill him and now you're calling him son and you're loving him and spending time with him. And this is what my uncle said to me. He said, Shane, he said, I had made a mistake, and I was asking God to forgive me. And as I asked Jesus to forgive me of my mistake, this is what God told to me. He said, why would I forgive you when you won't forgive Ricky? Come on, somebody. We're in the Word right now. You need to forgive men their trespasses. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive men their trespasses. And I watched my uncle be healed. What was he saying? He said, son, when I lost my only boy to a tragic drug overdose, it hurt me and cut me. But you know what my uncle did? It's as if he reached up his hand. And he showed me a scar where he was wounded and hurt. But because he forgave somebody else, he was healed. I'm preaching to somebody right now. Your healing is waiting on you to forgive somebody that deeply hurt you years ago. And then a 
couple years after that, my uncle fell over. He passed away. My aunt was taking care of her mom and dad. And, and my uncle got up on the porch and passed away just a couple of years ago. I preached his funeral as well. And as I'm preaching his funeral, I looked down at Ricky on the front row. And you know what I preached? I preached the things that my uncle taught me was the power of forgiving others. And I watched Ricky in that funeral as he wept and as he cried and as he shook uncontrollably under the power of God. You know what was happening? Scars were speaking. Scars were speaking. Scars were speaking to an entire family. Come on, somebody. It may have been hard, but your scars are more powerful than the wound that you face. Your scars are more wonderful than the situation you've had to endure. Sanctuary, you need to let them hear the words, I have been healed. First Thessalonians 5.18 In everything In everything, give thanks. Thank you, Jesus, for what I'm going through. Thank you, Jesus. It's hard to swallow, isn't it? Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning me. You know what the will of God is? In the middle, when the spike's being driven into your hand, give them thanks. In the middle of the family drama and the issues and the struggles that you're enduring through is to lift up your hands and say, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. And I give him praise. I'll praise him through the storm. I'll praise him on the mountaintop. I'll praise him in the valley. I'll praise him. My aunt, I don't know how in the world she does it when she's lost it all, but I wish you could see her right now with her hands raised in the air, worshiping God. It reminds me of my old Sunday school teacher. I remember Sister Regina. Her son passed away on a Friday, and she was a worshiping lady. He died on Friday, and Sunday was coming. And I thought to myself, I wonder if my Sunday school teacher is going to come in here on a Sunday and worship worship God after she just lost her son. Sure enough, the church service opened up. Sister Regina walked in there and in her, she had a certain way that she worshiped God. And I watched a woman that just lost her son come in the house because the, and she didn't let tragedy, she didn't let pain, she didn't let the past, she didn't let drama, she didn't let circumstances stop her. When you're a worshiper, you're a worshiper. When you're a worshiper, you're a Hey, Thomas, reach hither and feel. What about, what's the second thing? What does the sanctuary scar must speak? I, I have three or four. I'm going to move quickly through the rest of them. The second one is this. I'm going to, will you remove that band-aid there for me? Just take that off for because we, the sanctuary needs to, needs to know what they must say, what the scar is saying. You know what it is? What, what would the second thing say? Because of what I've went through, 
I can help others. Your life is a testimony. I can help others because of what I went through. You ever prayed to help somebody before? It's a lot easier to help somebody when you walked in their shoes and you've been where they've been and you've went through what they've went through and you can look them in the headlights and you can say, I know exactly where you've been and this is how I made it through it and this is how I survived it. What the sanctuary scars must speak is that now I can help somebody else. I can help others. I can help others. I can help others. You may have went through some stuff. Hey, hey Joseph, I'm sorry you got thrown in the pit. Hey, Joseph, I'm sorry they stripped you of your coat of many colors. I'm sorry your brothers left you for dead. But, Joseph, when you get in, when you get in Pharaoh's house and when you get there next to being next in line to be king, it was Joseph that said, what you've meant for evil, God's meant for good. Why? To save much people alive. Can I tell you, there was corn in Egypt because Joseph refused to not allow unforgiveness in his heart. He forgave his brothers. Why? Because he wanted to help them. And when the hungry hope you're getting what I'm saying tonight. When the hungry of Quad Cities come, will they find a group of people that you've been through some things, but would they smell corn? Will they feel corn? Will they say, hey, if you're hungry, you go to that church. They got something you need. If you're thirsty, you go to that church because they can help you because they used to be druggies and they used to be alcoholics and they used to be fornicators and they used to be adulterers. They used to lie and cheat and cuss, but something happened to them. God delivered them. God set them free. God made a brand new creature out of them. Oh, somebody lift your voice and give him some praise. Thomas! This hurt was to help you. Thomas, what I went through was so I could help you. And I did it just for you because I could help somebody else. I can help somebody else. Reach thither thy finger. I want my scars to help you understand something. They've got a testimony. People may pierce you. They may crucify you. They may muck, 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 muck. They may mock and make fun of you. Why are you going to that church? Those people are crazy. Those people do things differently. They're loud. They sweat. They cry. They run. They dance. Yeah, but you don't understand. I feel Jesus there. I feel the power of God there. I feel the power of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost. There's something in that house and God's changing me and God's working on me and God's making something out of me. Thomas, it was pain first. It was piercing first. It was price first. But now I have a testimony. Jesus' scars accomplished 
in one moment what three and a half years of being with Thomas could not accomplish. Three and a half years being with him. Knowing that he said in three days, I'm going to rise again. Knowing that he said he's going to be crucified. But yet, in one moment with the scar, because the scar could get done in one moment. What, three and a half years of Jesus being with Thomas? What am I saying? Your testimony matters. You may not, you may not be teaching a Bible study right now, but you can look at somebody and say, my life was a mess, but I repented of my sins. I got the Holy Ghost and God changed my life let your scars speak sir let your scars speak ma'am sanctuary our scars are speaking I have been healed I can't help others what about the last and the final one it's right there Thomas reach thither thy hand thrust it into my side Right there, Thomas, will you, will you find that spot? <laughs> I know you've been healed. I know you can help others. Thomas, I want you to know that I survived it all. Oh, God. Thomas, I'm still here. Thomas, I'm here with you. Thomas, I survived it all. I preach it to somebody in this house. The devil thought he's going to have you. He thought if they'd have known, they would have crucified the Lord of glory. But when Jesus went and got the keys to death, hell, and the grave, the devil soon realized, hey, the devil don't even have the keys to his own house because God stepped in that place and took his keys to his house. Quit letting the devil beat you up. Quit letting him let those wounds talk. You know what the beauty about a scar is? Is that once it gets healed, you can't feel the pain anymore. I've got a nasty scar on my leg above my knee. I was about five or six years old. I was living in Moss Bluff, Louisiana. We was right down the road from the church. We had a little bitty, little bitty old brown, ugly, ugly, ugly trailer that we lived in. Me and my sister at the time, my mom and dad were married at the time. It was in this trailer that my mom had a coffee table. In that coffee table, it had some pieces of, of brass fittings that would have fixed the leg to the top of the table but one of those brass fittings was sticking out I was running through the living room I reached over and I grabbed my sister chasing her I tripped and when I did that brass piece of that leg cut my leg wide open I've got a nasty big scar about as big as my finger laying across right there but you know what the amazing thing is if I reach down and I slap that scar there is no differentiation of pain from the rest of my body. It all... 
It all feels the same. Yeah, I remember what happened, but I'm not talking about how bloody it was or how much it hurt. I'm talking about, yeah, years ago, I was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. I just happened to be there and it cut my leg, but it's all the same. I can walk fine. What am I saying? I survived. I survived. I survived. I wish something get a hold of somebody in this house that you make up your mind what the devil thought he is going to take you out with. Don't have the power. It doesn't have the power to take you out. Give me Romans chapter. That's your vocabulary. That's what the Spirit needs you to start saying around here. This, this is just the Holy Ghost loving you enough to tell you exactly what you need tonight. I have been healed. I can help others. And I've survived it all. Come on. I have been healed. I can help others. And I've survived it all. Romans chapter 8. Scripture I gave you, I think it was Romans 8. We need to get persuaded. Nay, in all things, we are more than conquerors. We, we are not who the devil has conquered. We are more than conquerors. You know what's so funny right now? Is the devil is so mad in Quad Cities right now. Because revelation is coming to this church that the past cannot dictate the present or the future. The piercing of Jesus' body, it nailed him to the cross. But the piercings didn't stop him from being resurrected on the third day. It did not stop him from going to prepare a place. It didn't stop him from pouring out the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter number 2, what would the enemy meant for evil? God's meant for good to save much people alive. Conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded. I am persuaded. Oh God. That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present. Nor things present. The present things. The things that's cutting on me right now. The things that are bothering me right now. The things that are working in me right now. The things I'm dealing with right now. My family trauma. My family struggles. My job situation. My addiction. My struggles. The things that are present. Nor things to come. Next verse. Nor height. Nor depth. Nor any other creature 
shall be able. Shall be able. You know what can separate you from the love of God? You hold it on to unforgiveness of somebody that hurt you. You hold it on to the wound of something of the past. There's no hurt like church hurt. But there's no healing like God's love. It's not going to separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus because I have been healed. I can't help others and I have survived it all. Resistance, come on back. Stand all over the house. Thomas? Feel that? Feel that, Thomas? Will you reach in there and feel that, Thomas? Right there. I saved that just for you. Because I want you to know I've been healed. Now, Thomas, I'm helping you. I'm helping you right now. And I've survived it all. How dark was it? I don't know. How difficult was it? I don't know. When did it happen? I don't know. What happened? I don't know. Who was it? Who was it with? I don't know. All I know is the sanctuary scars. That's what the Holy Ghost told me to tell you. The sanctuary scars have to start speaking. No more negativity. We need a Joshua and a Caleb. We sent out 12 spies. We only remember two of their names because they're the only ones with a positive report. We don't remember all those other jokers that said we couldn't do it. We don't remember all those other names that said they're big giants and they're in the land and by the word it's grasshoppers and, and there's no way. I mean, Lord, have mercy. There's no way we can have what God says was ours. But oh, Joshua and Caleb, something about him of another spirit. He said, you know what? We can have the promises of God. Because there was a wound first. There was a healing and a resurrection next. And then there was a promise of the Father being poured out in Acts 2. The wound don't stop the promise. The scars don't stop the promise. The resurrection, it was a setup for the promise. I'm preaching to someone right now. There are promises that are coming, but you've got to let those things go of your past. You've got to say God's provision and God's power and God's anointing and God's grace is bigger. Would you lift your hands with me right now? I'm going to give you instructions, but lift your hands all over the building. Would you lift your voices out right now? Healing needs to step into this room. There's bomb that's in Gilead that needs to step in this room right now.